I'm just Karen. Welcome to Cheetah Cheetah. In case you're wondering, Cheetah Cheetah means ambition in Bahasa. And we will be interviewing Southeast Asia's finest and most ambitious people at our Red Hill offices, right here in Boat Key, Singapore. This week we have Hari, founder and CEO of SoCash. We asked him to tell us a little bit about himself and the world where cash is still very much king. Hi, Harry. Uh, nice to meet you. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your new business venture? Hi. Uh, that's a tough question. <laughs> that's probably the toughest question. Um, so about myself, uh, I am a career banker, spent 15 years uh, mostly on the digital side, uh, add-in payments, till I realized that cash is the biggest payment system. Uh, so spent my career or the formal career in banking, trying to go make the make different markets in Asia go cashless. And then one fine day <coughs> realized that we're probably looking at the problem, you know, in the wrong way. Uh, mm. And that is how SoCash was started. Uh, and about SoCash, uh, we are a fintech, uh, cash tech startup. Mm. Uh, our goal is to make cash social and peer-to-peer. -peer. What we essentially do uh, is we provide smarter ways to the banks uh, to enable cash circulation. Uh, what that means is uh, we create every, uh, we convert every shop uh, or an individual into a walking ATM or a virtual ATM. Uh, so this means that you don't have to queue up uh, at an ATM to withdraw cash. Uh, a shop near you or a, a convenience store, you know, just around the corner uh, can be your ATM. Uh, you don't have to go to a branch to deposit cash. Uh, again, the shop or the convenience store or even your neighbor can actually meet your cash transaction needs. We build uh, technology to make this all happen. So uh, think of us like a platform uh, that gives smarter alternatives uh, to consumers uh, to have access to their cash. Okay, so that's quite interesting. So you formerly worked in banks and you were in banking. What was it that made you think, okay, we've got this um, issue the wrong way around. Rather than getting people to go cashless, we should make getting cash easier. What was, what was it that made you reappraise your uh, purpose? So, you know, uh, it, it was a few uh, incidents that happened over the last few, uh, last couple of years in my career in banks. Uh, so I, I, when I started my career in banking, you know, uh, that was an HSBC and uh, you know, as with most interns uh, or management trainees, the first thing that the big boss gives us, kill cash, kill check. Mm. That was 15 years back. Well, check died. That was one one <laughs> thing that you needed to not worry about. Uh, no, checks haven't died. No. Checks are still there. We just got paid today in check. Yeah, exactly. So checks uh, are pretty, pretty, pretty big. Uh, and then a couple of years back, you know, at that time I was in DBS. So again, we had this, uh, you know, this program to tell the new recruits, kill cash and kill check. And I was like, hey, 15 years have passed and, you know, it's... Back Same nemesis. <laughs> yeah. And that got us thinking in terms of why do these products, even though they're perceived to be inefficient, exist. So checks exist for a simple reason uh, that 
it it is very easy for businesses to use. Uh, it helps in liquidity management. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are different use cases, and sa same is the thing with cash. Uh, you know, cash is an extremely efficient product. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you think about cash, like if you compare with alternatives like cards, wallets, and this is wearing a product hat. Like if you do a table and you know in your mind and do a comparison. Mm -hmm. uh, so cash transactions are free between transactors. So there is no merchant discount rate, there's no convenience fee. Whereas if you pay using a card or a wallet, you know, there is some level of fee or convenience fees involved. Uh, cash transactions, there is no learning curve. You're mm. born, you know, when you're born, you kind of learn how to use cash. Whereas every other thing, there is a learning curve, right? Even if a card, typically they say, oh, it's so easy to tap and another transaction is done, but you have to remember to pay it back. Right? That's true, yes. <laughs> so yeah. people often forget that. Uh, wallets are like a totally different ball game. Wallets, you know, work in silos, so you have to, you know, yeah, you can't, like, you have to have three different wallets to kind of use three different use cases. Yes. Cash is universal, so there is no shop in the world that will say, hey, I won't accept cash, but, you know, you may actually bring a card to a shop and say, hey, I don't accept that card, but I'll accept the other two cards. Amazing, yeah. So there's a huge amount of fragmentation in the non-cash world, uh, and from a product perspective, cash is pretty efficient. Uh, for low-value transactions, I don't see people using cash to buy houses the old way, you know, like the way they used <laughs> to do in olden days. But for day-to-day -day use, uh, cash is pretty efficient, uh, and people need to have choices. People actually have made the choice. If you look at any market, mm. cash is the dominant payment system. You know, say Singapore is estimated to be sixty percent, whereas in markets like India, Indonesia is like ninety-nine percent. Uh, and Even after demonetization, that, that hasn't shifted the behavior to digital. No, it has shifted the behavior, uh, but it is so. First of all, there was never a demonetization; it was no. just a re-monetization. I think that's true. <laughs> right? Also true. Uh, yeah. So, and the data, uh, you know, so that the shift happened when there was a huge supply constraint of uh, yeah. cash, okay. and people were forced to, you know, use certain things. Now and you know there were certain subsidies. There were a lot of freebies given and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you when, now it's back to normal, uh, i.e. at least the supply is back back to back to normal. The supply chain is not normalized. Uh, so you know cash usage in India is actually around pretty much where it started from. So what happened is if you look at the history, mm -hmm. let's say twelve months. So government the, there was an increase in supply of cash because they were planning for the demonetization. Uh, <clears throat> but then the supply got sucked out. Then you need to replace. So there was a period when uh, wallets and all, you know, uh, people adopted that. So, but if you look at the transaction volume, let's say last month or a couple of months behind, it's, it's nowhere. It is so the shift, you know, from a ninety-nine percent to let's say a ninety percent, you know, may happen. Uh, but the question is, when will that happen? It's like fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years, right? And it's the same with Singapore, right? So the shift from a pure cash. Uh, to let's say today, uh, to, to let's say 60% uh, is a 35 year journey. So the question, so while I don't deny that there is a possibility of a cashless future, mm -hmm. uh, we kind of work and live in the present. Yeah, that's and, right. And it's, uh, so cash was born out of the simple uh, logic that we can monetize cash uh, or we can monetize the supply chain of cash because the current supply chain of cash is super inefficient. So the current supply chain of cash involves people 
driving armor trucks, carrying machine guns or shotguns and then loading ATMs with cash. <laughs> the same set of people go in the evening to shops and banks and then they carry bags of cash again back into the truck <laughs> which keeps moving around in cities and countries. That's true. So, when you put it like that, it does sound a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it is It is ridiculous. And when you think about it, cash is like floating all around us. Let's say you want cash, let's say $100. You can actually get it from me or from the shop downstairs. Uh, and that, that was the starting premise where we started, where we, you know, when SoCash was set up. The enablers uh, were really that uh, the digital payment uh, infrastructure in most of Asia mm. is improving. So Singapore is leading, you know, in that India is actually having a very good infrastructure. Mm. So Singapore just has pay now, fast. India has got UPI. Huge amount of innovation that uh, uh, each market in Asia is, is going through. Uh, so these are kind of enablers for us. So banks don't really have to you know, set up a box, mm. which is an ATM, and then run a supply chain, then spend on a software called ATM Switch. Uh, so all that you know can now be replaced with much smarter technology. And that kind of is what SoCash is doing. Okay, and so you made the shift. Uh, how did you decide to approach people for funding? Or how did you sell this idea? And how, how did you go about doing that? Uh, Were people easily convinced? Not at all. <laughs> so, how did we go about it? We so we are basically a bunch of bankers, uh, you know, who who went work. Uh, yeah. No, as a team, we were, were looking at different uh, possibilities, right? So the first, obviously, uh, like, can we use a wallet? Should we become a wallet? So we did a lot of bootstrapping, uh, and it took us some time to figure out our business model. Uh, and it was somewhere around uh, May last year when we actually came up with a, a, a minimum viable product or a prototype that we showcased in uh, Tech in Asia. Uh, and uh, the feedback was just uh, amazing from the consumer side. Hey, is this something I would like to use? That, that was the whole intent. But uh, so we were bootstrapped at that time. Uh, then we spent uh, time talking to the banks and uh, regulator, which is Montreal Auto Singapore. Uh, and it was around November when they, you know, they actually, so we got our initial money from Montreal Auto Singapore to, to build the product. Uh, and that is when we were feeling confident that, you know, we can get the, the banks and, uh, you know, you have a business plan and uh, you have the contracts. And typically, that is when uh, you you can raise funds. So till then, we were bootstrapped. Uh, and it was... Uh, we, we, we raised uh, $600,000 uh, you know, end of last year, uh, and now we are going for our series A. So it, it was really tough. It took us uh, you know, a lot of tinkering to come up with a product. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, uh, that, that kind of fits the market that we're looking at. Uh, various factors, business, revenue, uh, technology, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and it is, uh, it is not easy. <laughs> it is pretty tough. So we, you get no's from practically everybody. Uh, and okay. it is basically, so the guys, the, the people who have, uh, the angel investors are all my, all are all ex-bankers, uh, or all my ex-bosses. Okay. Uh, so it is really about trusting uh, the, the team, uh, as well as uh, trusting the idea. So bankers know the problem. So bankers really know uh, the problem uh, that we are trying to solve and the opportunity because uh, there is a lot of narrative uh, that is overhyped mm -hmm. 
so that disconnect is already there in the market. You know, there's a lot of uh, yeah. uh, how do I say uh, illogical stuff that comes out, and then when they find something that makes sense, usually the investors latch onto it. And have banks been quite forthright in partnering with you, or you know? Facilitating this in terms of making the app work, have they, are they threatened by your offering? Oh no, not at all. So banks absolutely love us. So we work for banks. We never, you know, we are a product that, as of now, doesn't disrupt anything in banking. So uh, uh, we solve a problem, uh, you know, that they are happy to kind of you know get rid of. So it's similar to. Like 10 years back, uh, in most countries, people used to go to the branch to pay the electricity bill, utility bills, and banks were very proud of it. Mm. Uh, but the fact is that uh, you know banks never made any money out of it, right? Uh, but now nobody really goes to a branch to pay the bill. They usually go do it online, mm. or they go to the AXS machine, or you know some of the kiosks. So it's similar. So cash is also something which they need to get rid of. Uh, banks are going digital. Mm. Uh, they are investing a huge amount of. Uh, uh, capital in that transformation because they know that, that without that their survival uh, is questionable. I mean, banks have been running on a pretty thin interest rate, uh, how does a net interest rate, over 10 15 years after the last financial crisis. So the fat margins are all gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they're investing in digital, then the, the demand for cash, uh, cash withdrawal, and the, when there's a demand for cash, then there's also demand for cash deposits. That's a problem that someone has to solve, and we are in that space. So we so think of us like you know there is a obviously there's a shift to a lot of digital payment options, mm -hmm. but then there is still significant amount of cash in the system, and we solve that. So it's like a fill in the blanks in the uh, the, the digital strategy of most of the banks. So do you see a future where we do have cashless societies? You're saying at the moment we're in the intermediate. You've got the Singaporean government wants a smart nation. Sweden is nearly entirely cashless. Do you think we will ever be cashless, or do you think cash is too much of an emotional or nostalgic or tangible, you know, feeling for people to be associated with? So there is a probability or a possibility of everything. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So you can have uh, cashless. I think before answering that question of what I think, I think we should. Ask ourselves why should we go cashless? Uh, so the government can track our money and get rid of black economies and money laundering. Is that not what the government tells us? So if your answer is we should go cashless because the government wants us to do, go cashless, then it's pretty dumb logic, right? As individuals, yeah. we should be looking out for ourselves and uh, not uh, how do I say obey everything that someone tells us. But now coming back to the other the couple of points that you mentioned. Uh, black economy exists because there is an inefficiency of tax collection. Now, the easiest way to eliminate black economy is just eliminate tax. Right? There is no tax, and there is no black economy, and that's true. So, if you think about India as a good example, so yeah. why they call it black money, black money? It's, so you have two types of taxes. One is the corporate tax, or the personal tax. Mm -hmm. uh, personal income tax uh, in India collection, I think last year was like two percent of the total tax collection. Now that's because it's extremely inefficient uh, set of rules. What is the way to solve it? You move to consumption tax. Mm -hmm. That is what the GST has done and hopefully the tax collections will grow. Uh, 
So the solution to uh, a problem is not to kill cash. No, okay. right? it's to solve the problem. It's like telling, oh, you've got cancer. Why don't you have vitamin C? <laughs> right? <laughs> because vitamin C doesn't harm anyone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, now the second one was money laundering. Now yeah. we're talking cash is in most of the economies which are. So let's not talk about uh, you know economies which are pretty. Uh, it's not like Zimbabwe and all. This, but mm. Think of the mainstream. You know, let's take the last thirty economies. Uh, cash transactions are pretty much for consumption, low-value consumption, and it is used by majority of the population. Uh, the alternatives are available only to a very small segment, and that's demonstrated in India when the demonetization happened. Mm -hmm. The people who are currently, uh, you know, the worst impacted were you know, the bottom part of the pyramid because that was their primary transaction method. So people. Normal people are not involved in money laundering. No, that's true. Now, if you want to stop money laundering, just shut down the banks because banks are the biggest beneficiaries of money laundering, and that's true. So, if you look at the names of the, the you know, you just look at the fines that banks have paid. That is true. And, that is all right and true. continuing to pay. So, the money laundering part argument doesn't really stand. In fact, there's a report by I think one of the UK government agencies. Which kind of said this is the risk uh, of uh, you know that uh, you know for money laundering you know uh, who are the players who increase the risk and banks were right at the top. Excellent. And the second one I forgot. You know, and, you know, the, so it's a it's a pretty weak argument. Okay, so the main reason they say is because it's easier, it's more convenient. We have wearable technology and. You can pay with your Fitbit on your run. It's supposed to be this seamless ecosystem of payment. That's perfect. That's a choice. So that, okay. that's what people should, uh, you know, that, that's a choice. That's mm -hmm. not a rule or, you know. No. So even now what is happening is most of this uh, is evangelization, right? You normally hear it in conferences. It gets reported. But if you see the on the ground, uh, there's not much of a shift. And that's what bankers know and you know, people who in the bank know. Uh, and that's the reason why we are able to grow a business. So, uh, whether it's Thailand, whether it's Korea, whether it's China, whether it's Japan. Yeah. Uh, so, Japan, Japan is very interesting, right? Mm. So, it's fully cash, practically fully cash. So, uh, absolutely. So, you mentioned Sweden. Mm. Uh, so, but you also have the contrast in Japan, Germany, uh, where none of the problems actually exist, right? That's so, true. so tax evasion happens, but it happens at the seriously uh, high, you know, uh, income group, and that's where the, the bankers and the financial planners, you know, need to be educated that they shouldn't be doing certain things. Right? It's yes, not due to cash. <laughs> better legislation. Um, <laughs> no, it's not better legislation. It's logical uh, frameworks. So, if you uh, if you want tax, then you make it sensible. Singapore is a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, simplified tax, uh, you know, tax model clarity, good collection systems, yeah. and uh, so the question we have to ask ourselves is what are we getting uh, out of going cashless? To me, it is really dumb because for me, if 100% of my consumption is transferred to one of the current products, uh, let's say a debit card or credit card. Yeah then immediately my cost is going to go up by a significant percent because each transaction somebody will have to pay mm -hmm. uh, the transaction fee and that's 
because I'm the end consumer, I will I'll be bearing that cost. And if that happens in every step, then I don't, uh, I'll have to pay. So it's like, you know, I go to a bar, uh, I pay for a beer, uh, but the bartender actually takes the first drink and then gives me the beer. <laughs> That's not very healthy, right? <laughs> That's exactly what happens in the current payment system. So for, for any market to go cashless, you have to completely change the infrastructure. Okay. And that involves uh, a huge amount of uh, tweaking the system and investments. And are they, are they the right way to spend money? I'm not very sure. Okay, so what's next for SoCash? Do you plan to roll out in other markets, in Japan, in, you know, what, what, what happens next? Uh, we are focused in, on, uh, on three markets right now, okay. which is Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia. Uh, so we are taking our baby steps in Indonesia and Malaysia. Singapore is pretty much in the rollout phase. Mm -hmm. uh, so, from a horizon perspective, uh, the next set of markets would be India uh, and Thailand. Uh, but we are taking it a little bit, how do I say, in, in phases. Mm -hmm. uh, two reasons. One is uh, we are pretty stretched right now. <laughs> Second one is there are certain payment enablers which need to be in place. So, and Asia is actually leapfrogging you know, in setting up that infrastructure. It is not being constrained like in other markets where a couple of brands call the shots, uh, payment intermediaries call the shots. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of work that is happening, you know, in the, on the infrastructure side driven by the government, which actually are enablers for us. So we are waiting uh, for those things to happen in these markets. Japan is definitely interesting. So we want to uh, make everyone into a walking money changer or a walking ATM by Olympics. By the Olympics. Right. Okay. Because there's a reason, right? Yeah. So it's going to be a spectacular event. You've got the Rugby World Cup first. Don't miss an opportunity to test out so fast <laughs> then. Uh, yeah. So, so in fact, we've, uh, we, we, we scoped out Japan market. Yeah. And we really think there's a huge amount of, uh, how do I say, acceptance of the platform. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a question of prioritization for us uh, and uh, you know, making sure that we put the right product in the right market. So we are targeting it towards Olympics uh, when we want uh, the everybody in Tokyo to be a walking ATM. Because in Japan, if you go, mm. if you put your card, uh, most of the ATMs don't accept an international card. Yes, that's true. And right. some of the ATMs don't either. So there's a big opportunity, especially in terms of the yeah. international people that come exactly. to the Olympics. Exactly. And uh, it's one of those events where, uh, so it's like a 12 month, mm. right? So you. Six months people come in, and you know it takes six months people just to, to go back. Uh, so you don't want to set up a brand new infrastructure just for one event. No, of course. So, so this is where our. So in fact, we have got a couple of invitations on uh, brainstorming how to get it done, and we just worked on that. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's thank you. been a pleasure to uh, speak to you. And that brings us to the finale of this week's episode. Thank you so much, Harry, for talking to us today. And we are excited about a world where every person is a potential ATM. <laughs>